This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has a trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now. And um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing, so I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, Basically, you give them a membership list, and from there, they contact your members, and it's no high-pressure sales or anything, and it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish. And it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished. And I just, I'm very sold on Community Matters. And with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Donnie Jones. Donnie is the Executive Vice President for the Chamber of Commerce of West Alabama and the Chief Workforce Development Officer for West Alabama Works. He's responsible for the daily operations of the Chamber, including financial management and information technology, and manages the contractual relationships with vendors and professional service providers. Donnie is instrumental in ensuring that the regional workforce systems leverage federal state resources to develop and grow the necessary K through 12 and adult training pipelines to support the current and future workforce. He is a former appointed member of the Governor's Workforce Council and is currently an appointed member of the Alabama Workforce Board, where he serves on the Executive Committee and Policy Committee. An appointed member of the Governor's Career Technical Education Task Force to enhance the CTE curriculum, an appointed officer at the Alabama Committee of Credentialing and Career Pathways, and appointed member of the Committee for Grade Level Reading. The Governor's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities awarded Donnie the Public Service Award for West Alabama in 2019. In 2022, he received his accreditation as a CCE a distinction that less than 4% of leaders in the chamber profession hold. He serves on the board of directors for the Public Affairs Research Council of Alabama, Tuscaloosa Educational Foundation, ACCE Foundation Board, as well as other committees and ACCE boards. He also worships and teaches at Five Points Baptist Church where he serves as a deacon. He's most known as a husband of Clara, who's a 29-year educator and father to Carson and Carter. But Donnie, welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm excited to have you with us today on the show and uh, love to give you an opportunity to say hello to all the Chamber Champions and share something interesting about yourself. Absolutely. Well, as you can see, I don't do much but Chamber work and work in the community. So 
Um, but I am a um, one of the things that I tell people that's very interesting that that in the chamber world, I don't play golf. Um, and so I'm one of the only chamber execs you'll ever meet that that has never played golf. But um, I do have um, four animals that are in the record books that I've killed with my bow across the country. So with that being said, uh, most of my board members never mess with me. So anyway, <laughs> a lot of really cool things are, are happening in our area. And of course, um, if you guys have seen the uh, NFL, uh, another cool tidbit about our chamber is you probably saw the number one pick with the NFL last night. Uh, Jalen is actually uh, right down the street from us or has been uh, his career at the University of Alabama, where our chamber is actually uh, just right on the edge of the campus. So a couple of interesting things about us and, and myself. That's right. And as we record this, it's end of April, 2023. And uh, it, to add on to that, this morning, my son is getting ready for school and he tells me, you know, this is a, the first time that an Alabama player has been taken number one overall in the draft. And he's a big history buff of any sort. So, you know, little tidbits like that just really geek him out. So, uh, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> well, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit more about the Alabama Regional Chamber, just kind of how you guys are structured, scope of work you guys are involved with, size of the chamber, staff, budget, that sort of thing to kind of set the stage. Absolutely. We're a, we're sometimes a little uh, called a little different as a chamber. We're actually the West Alabama Chamber of Commerce. We service uh, nine counties on the western part of the state of Alabama, around seven counties. So square foot uh, of mileage is about 7,500 square miles. Our chamber uh, has around 1,300 members, and those are all business members. We don't do individual memberships. Um, representing about 65,000 employees. Uh, one of the things that is a little different is we're the regional chamber of commerce. So today you're talking to the executive vice president. Um, also, we are the regional workforce council. Alabama has seven regional councils across the state of Alabama, which is really a sounding board for workforce uh, for industry. Uh, we are housed within the chamber there. We're the physical and managing agents for that. And we're also the regional workforce board, uh, if you're familiar with WIOA and the federal dollars. So, and I'm the executive director for both of those organizations. So we really have two large boards um, that work together. Our workforce board, which is called the West Alabama Works Board, and then our Chamber of Commerce Board. And so simultaneously, we're always working together. And actually, who we are as an organization is one of the largest collaboratives when it comes to meeting the needs of businesses through that. Our budget on the chamber side is roughly about uh, $2.5 million. And then on the workforce side, uh, which is in combination, it would be close to a $4 million organization. So we're at right now at 24 employees. 15 of those employees actually are full-time workforce specialists. So as you can see, workforce is the largest portion of um, our organization. And really, we focus on that as one of our primary objectives to deliver services to our business community. Because as you know, workforce is the largest issue um, that a lot of our businesses are facing. Um, so that's a little bit about our chamber um, and in our services. Yeah, the workforce is always important, but right now it definitely you know cuts the workout for you with the workforce shortages and just you know shifting in the economy in that in that front. Um, 
Well, as we uh, focus in on our topic for our discussion today, we, we settled on the idea of talking about next level of chambers. And, and this topic intrigues me because chambers are constantly you know, looking to see what's the next thing that we need to do to be relevant, right? How do we, as we look to the future, how are we being relevant? How are we making an impact in our communities? And I feel like we're going to be touching a lot on that in our conversation today. So we will dive in deep on this as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Are you struggling to manage your Chamber of Commerce and build a thriving commerce community? Chamber Nation is here to help. Their all-in-one platform allows you to easily manage member information, events, and communication. Plus, their community engagement tools help you communicate with local businesses and residents to drive economic growth. With Chamber Nation, you'll have everything you need to succeed. So why wait? Visit richardscalendar.com to learn more and start building. Hey, this is Donna. Gifty community cards are free for you, free for your members, and they bring lots of new sales and foot traffic into your local shops and restaurants. But don't take it from me. Here's Siobhan from Truckee, California, to tell you about her program. Visit Truckee Tahoe's Sustainable Truckee gift card has been a great success since launching in November 2021. The card is redeemable at 58 Truckee businesses, making it a great gift for any occasion. Recipients can spend flexibly at a wide variety of local businesses from yoga studios to hotels. And because the cards are digital and accessed on your phone, they're super easy to purchase and redeem. We love that Sustainable Truckee gift cards encourage folks to shop local, supporting Truckee's local economy and community. Thanks, Siobhan. If you'd like to join Truckee in supporting the shop local movement, check us out at yifty.com or send an email to sales at yifty.com. All right, Donnie, we're back. So as I mentioned before the break, we're talking about next level of chamber. So tell me, what does that mean for you guys there at West Alabama? And as you guys have looked at this uh, scenario as just, you know, staying relevant and, and keeping the chamber in the forefront of the, the community there, what's the approach that you guys are taking? Well, uh, let me, maybe the best way to tell you this is, is to tell a, um, an opportunity that I had this past week to have um, dinner with uh, one of New York, uh, New York Times bestselling author, um, Andy Andrews. I don't know if you yeah. know who that is. Time traveler. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The butterfly effect and all that. So, so we were having dinner. He was speaking to a group and, and he said this, he said, you know, 
the difference, you know, and a lot of people are reading the book, Good to Great, and he said nothing against that book, but everybody is using that now as the Bible of, you know, how to win friends and influence people as 20 years ago. And he said, you know, the problem is, is many of us are trying to go from good to great doing the things that we do and have always done, but do them better and do them better than our competitor. He said, what happens if an organization actually looked at doing things completely in a different way and looking at it a completely different um, way of doing business? And he said, that's really where he's coming from. And as he was saying that, I was like, wow, that is exactly what our Chamber of Commerce and, and our focus has been. For so many years, you know, it was, you know, go to uh, Chamber Institute and learn more about what other chambers are doing and best practices. But if you really look at that, 90% of the time is the best practices of the same things that you're doing, just trying to find a better way of doing it. Right. And so what we looked at is we said, you know what, what is our number one key issue for our members out of our 1300 members, what is the number one issue? And, and I, as I'm speaking to different groups across the country, that's one of the things I ask the question and um, I'll be in a group and I'll say, how many of you guys as chamber professionals in your chamber, how many of you do a capital campaign? And, you know, majority of, you know, middle, middle size or larger chambers do some type of capital campaign. They'll raise their hand. And then I'll say, how many of you, in this room did a survey of your business community as you were doing your capital campaign. Well, everybody raises their hand, right? And then I asked the question, how many of you um, was workforce one of the key components and an underlying issue that none of them could solve and had an answer for? You know, everybody kind of look around and look at each other and then that, you know, you'd see hands go up really slow, but most of the hands came up. And then I asked the simple question, how many of you, if that is the number one issue in your community or one of the top three, have the majority of your staff focused on meeting that need? Not one chamber, except our president that's in the room, usually when I'm speaking, raises their hand. Because when we look at, we're talking all the time to our, our small businesses and our industries that we, we, we help. And we say, listen to what your customer says and then meet that need. But yet as chambers, we try to get our members to do what we think they need to do as engaging into our organization instead of going out and doing what they need and actually being the voice of business. Now, I'll be honest with you, Brandon. One of the things as I'm talking about that, it it, it raises the the hair on a lot of chamber execs' necks because they're like, well, by God, that's, that's what we've always done and that's how we're going to do it. I'm like, that's great. That's why dinosaurs die. That's right. <laughs> and so if you look at membership organizations, not just chambers, but when you look at, um, you know, trade organizations and everything, everyone is struggling with membership. Um, and, and the the digression, I guess, um, of membership. And then also, you know, we also have best practices. I don't know if anybody's been to their state organizations or ACCE or U.S. Chamber, and, you know, they'll have a session that says uh, best 30 ideas in 30 seconds or whatever right. it is. And, and so they'll go in there and there'll be 100,000 ideas of how to do the same thing the same way, but just put a different makeup on a pig and make it look different. Right. But it's the same deliverable. 
And, you know, there are some ideas and I don't mean to, to cut that short because you can get great ideas. I love those sessions. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at your structure of your chamber, you know, are you still doing the same things? And so as you see these national trends of, of less sponsorship dollars, of being more innovative, how do you, you know, I, I had somebody one time say, you know what, if, if I could sponsor my toilet paper, I'd put a, a, a business's logo on there. We're just trying to find more ways at our golf tournaments, at our uh, chamber in sessions, at this, that, and the other to do those kind of things. And what it's doing is you can only do so much with a product, and then what happens is you degrade it so much that people aren't really wanting to buy it. Right. And so what we're looking at and what we have done is said, you know what, we're going to focus on the number one issue. Um, and, and in our region, it was workforce development. And so we still do the bread and butter place. Don't get me wrong. We still block and tackle. We still do the networking events. We still do the chamber and sessions. We still do the directories. We do all those things. But our focus really is on helping our businesses grow in one of their biggest issues in a community where our unemployment rate right now is 1.8%, you know, and, and our companies are growing and they're bleeding at the same time. Yeah. And so we're really focused on that. So 15 of our staff members or really 17 of our staff members are focused every day, waking up, meeting that one need um, and, and, education and workforce development is where we really focus on. Right. So as you're explaining all this to me, it makes perfect sense. And as I think of chambers across the country, I think sometimes they get a little constrained when they think everything we have to do has to be mission focused. And then they go back and look at their mission statement and well, our mission statement doesn't say anything about workforce necessarily, you know? So maybe they've pigeonholed themselves too much by defining their mission statement rather than being that voice of business and, constantly just looking to see what the what the next thing is they need to do to help businesses be successful and to build a stronger community. So I guess it may be a word of warning, I guess, as you as you draft your next mission statement to to look at that, what what's going to leave you that flexibility to be able to pivot and to be able to listen to the needs of your members and what is what's their number one, number two, number three needs that they're facing. And how can you, as a voice of business, step in to help them solve those issues. Um, That's exactly right. And I, you know, we just, we just finished our uh, five-year capital campaign, which is, we don't do a yearly business plan. We have a five-year strategy that we implement every day and we wake up and that's, that's our focus. But this year we did something different uh, this, this next five years. And so when you look at, and I'm going to beat around a, 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 I'm going to beat a dead horse right here, but I want to say this. When you look at most business plans for chambers, you have your vision, you have your objectives, you have, you know, um, your strategies and they do their SWOT analysis and everything. And, you know, what we're doing is we're changing our entire organization to be, here's our vision and here's the deliverables, period. Um, because I, I, I hate to say it, most businesses don't really care about your strategy. They want to know that you're going to get things done. And so people are so tired of plans that sit on the shelf and nobody visits them. And we've got a plan and we send it out to all of our members and nobody reads it. They put it in file 13 because they know it's the same old, same old. So what we did was we said, we're going to take and we're going to create a vision of where we want to go. For example, in 
Uh, this category is lead business driven workforce and talent development. The vision is specific. It's two sentences and then boom, the deliverables. How many people we're going to put to work? How many, how many outreach events we're going to do? All of those kind of things. And when you look at a conversation that I don't know about other chambers, but we have is that our patriarchs are dying out in our communities and the new leaders that are coming on board are not civic rent minded. You know, it's not I'm a, I'm going to invest because it's the right thing to do. They are business minded and they want to know that they're getting a return on their investment. And so many times chambers make the excuse, well, we're not really a chamber that makes your cash register ring. We grow the pie for everybody. And, you know, you say things like rising tide floats all boats and we have all this thing. And this new generation of business uh, leaders are looking at you and saying, you're full of crap. It's just all smoke and mirrors. And you would sell a blind man glasses. And so they they think that way. And so what we're doing as a chamber is we're saying, look, here's the deal. We are hearing what you're saying and we're going to focus on delivering those policies. We're still going to be an advocacy organization in the voice of business. But here's what we hear you saying. And then that's what we're going to work on. And quality of life is one of those things. So what does that mean? I mean, quality of life for every community is different. Does that mean well, that's like saying random world peace? We're going to solve world peace. <laughs> and so chambers are out there and that's what we're doing. We're telling everybody we're solving world peace and everybody's going whatever. And so what we're doing there is saying this is our vision for what quality of life looks like for our community. And these are the specific things that we're going to do for you as a partner in our community. And so that's where we're going is really changing this and changing the topics instead of trying to sell everybody something that they really don't want. Because people, I think, respect chambers. I think people, you know, intuitively know that they're important. But when it comes to, am I going to pay my employees $2 more an hour so that I can actually keep my employees and keep my lights on? Or am I going to pay a membership fee because it's the right thing to do? Chambers are beginning to lose that battle. So we have to really become a chamber that is consultant-driven, information and knowledge-based and actually somebody that's helping companies grow and meet their needs. And so our niche was workforce development on that. Yeah. And I think depending on the community, depending on the, the chamber, the niche may look different. Absolutely. Work, workforce definitely is a niche where you can have some, you know, absolute deliverables and you can have data to back up the work that you've done to say, here's the results of the efforts that we put forth on your behalf. And when you look at the, your chamber in general, you guys really are larger on the, the workforce side, budget-wise, staff-wise. I mean, the attention is going to workforce because that's where you, well, I assume that's where you have those you know, key indicators you can go back to to measure success and where you can go back to investors and say, this is where you're getting your return. So I'm curious as you, as you put that focus on workforce. Um, I know we can talk for hours on this because it's something passionate that you're passionate about, mm -hmm. but what are, what are those areas in workforce? You, you know, in your bio, I'd mentioned the K through 12 programs. Um, you know, I'm sure retention, is there education with employees or with employers? Um, what are those, those key areas that you're focusing on with regard to workforce? Sure. Absolutely. Um, I'll give you a prime example um, on the K-12 system. 
We do large um, regional events, for example, Worlds of Work that we do. It's what we call Disney World on steroids for workforce development. So we bring, we shut one of our community colleges down for three days. And we bring every ninth grader in the entire region, um, over 5,000 ninth graders up, and they experience all of the different job opportunities that we have. And it's all hands-on, and it is a big event. Um People come from all over the country to actually look at the event and say, how do you all model this? Um, and, and so we're in our schools. We're touching our kids. We're really all the way down to pre-K. We have an educator workforce academy where we train um, all of our superintendents and principals and key leaders in our 12 school systems. We've graduated over 470, and they spend an entire year with us learning workforce development, <clears throat> changing the landscape of how educators think about this big topic. Then we're also involved in our adopt-a-school program, getting industries involved and ensuring up our, our education system, which is not the best in the country. And so we've got a lot of work to do, and it's going to take the entire uh, community, particularly the business and industry um, community, to really help sure up our education system. And then another example is bringing those resources. For example, um, we have this past year, we put over a million dollars in the hands of our industries through our workforce board and through one grant alone. And we trained over 1,100 um, uh, workers and upskilled those workers just in our small region uh, through our community college system and being able to fund those kind of things. We placed over 3,000 individuals in jobs um, over the last year, um, just in one sector, that's the automotive industry. Um, and then a lot of things in two, Brandon, here's another way, and I'm going to chase a rabbit real quick, but how many chambers talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, right? Mm -hmm. um, let me give you what real diversity, equity, inclusion looks like. Of the um, 3,000 employees that we place in the automotive industry, because we have Mercedes-Benz here, 78% of them were African-American. Of the 78%, 50 1% were male and 49% were female. Wow. <laughs> so when you begin to talk about what we're doing for communities and how we're trying to be an inclusive community, instead of just having events, which we had our diversity, equity, inclusion event uh, for the chamber last week. So we still do that. But now we're having discussions about how we're really impacting those communities um, that feel like they haven't uh, been included. And we're saying, look, we're focusing on your entire community. We're not talking about these topics. We're doing something about these topics. We're making a difference. When you look at the difference we're making on the disposable income and the average you know, family income for our minority communities, that is growing because of our workforce side. So you know, at the end of the day, I think our society is changing from a perspective of let's don't just talk about things. Let's get something done and it's time to move the needle. And that's what our organization is really focused on. And our communication is focused on that side of it. You know, not just, hey, look what we're doing. We've done 10 events this, this month. What we're really focusing on is we're changing lives every single day. You know, last week alone, we put 100 um, high school students, 9th, 10th, 11th uh, graders, into summer jobs that they'll actually start in in three weeks um, with 20 different employers. And we're, you know, we're modeling that out and we're talking about it. And people are saying, we've got people every day that's calling us and saying, 
How do we get involved in the work of the chamber because of what you're doing? So those are the kind of, of topics that we're really focused on. I love that you can just off the top of your head, you have these numbers, right? You can say, you can say we've helped 3,000 people land jobs in the automotive sector and then go into the, the diversity, equity, and inclusion side. You can say, you know, your percentages of, of, you know, different races and genders. And those are numbers you can point to and say, here's how we're moving the needle. Uh, versus, you know, we had a networking event and, you know, we had 50 people show up. Hey, what, what came of that? I'm sure something good happened, but how do you measure that? Exactly. And and that's that's what people want to hear. And what we've seen is, like I said, we just finished our capital campaign. The majority of people who increased um, and some doubled their investment over the next five years in our organization, uh, the majority of those said we're investing because of what you're doing in workforce development, because that is key. We're a huge manufacturing area, even though we have the University of Alabama and a huge healthcare sector industry is our um, big, um, I guess you'd say, employment sector. And so individuals know, you know, that if we don't solve that problem because Alabama doesn't have the largest population. I mean, as as I was telling you, 1.8% unemployment is almost like zero right. unemployment, right? So how do we get more people in the participation rate? So we're doing outreach events every single week. Um, in two weeks, we've got what we call our signing day. So all the students that we've hired in all these events in our apprenticeship programs and everything, it's going to look kind of like now it's not going to have 100,000 people like it did last night on the NFL signing. Right. But we're going to have a huge signing day and make a big deal. That work is valuable. And you know what? That resonates with our 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 members, our, our membership. And the businesses, and they're saying, you know what, the chamber is bringing a value back to our community, and that is essential soft skills. It is work is valuable, and we need everybody to be a part of growing our community. And so it really is. If and if you think about what we're doing, is we're really doing exactly what everybody else is saying they're doing, right? But it's turning that value into, you know, something tangible, and it's not. Hey, did we do 10 referrals from our website to your community or your business? That's not what we do. We're, you know, and so we're all the time as chamber folks, we're like, we've got to tell people about the value of our organization. And we say all these things, but nobody really knows how to do it besides create a new flyer with great pictures and people at a networking event, somebody with a governor and a mayor and all of this. And, and so it's the same old, same old. So that's why I said, we're really taking it to the next level. So I'll give you a, a kind of a an analogy of we do things in a real systematic way. So our first five-year campaign um, was called Working as One okay. because we wanted our community to learn that we're never going to take it to the next level unless we begin to work as one. Yeah. So guess what the title of our next capital campaign was? Working as one. one. Well, yeah, I would say one's <laughs> got to be in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Working as one. Now, this campaign was actually called All In because once you get everybody at the table, once everybody is working as one, now everybody has got to be all in to move us to the next level. And so that is really what we're seeing in our community is people are coming to our chamber and really saying, how do we engage? How do we involve? Because you are an organization that's making a difference in 
you know, I had somebody come to me actually yesterday and say, I was at church the other day and I had this family member come or this church member come to me and say that my kid went to our WOW 2.0, which it was for graduating seniors, which was four weeks ago or three weeks ago. And we put 200 kids and they had 600 job offers for 200 kids at major industries. And so when you look at that, you know, they were talking about this changed this kid's life. And so now they're like, how do I get involved? So we're creating whole new opportunities for people to engage at a whole different level because now they're passionate about what we're doing, not just that we're the chamber. That's right. So that leads up very well into my next question as we start to, to wrap things up here. I like mm-hmm. asking as we, uh, I guess for, for chambers that are listening who are interested in taking their chamber up to the next level, what tip or action item would you suggest for them to, to consider implementing at their organization? Well, I'm the worst person to say this, but one thing I think that I would suggest is like the old saying, and my mother used to say this all the time to me, which as you can tell, I talk a lot um, and are very passionate. And sometimes I don't stop and listen enough because I think I have all the answers. Um, You know, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, son. And chambers forget that sometimes. And so what I would say is if you're going to take your chamber to the next level is listen with an open and honest mind and hear what they're really saying and see what what the real um, ecosystem around your community is. For us, the struggle was workforce. For some communities, it could be loss of population growth. For some, it could be Um, a need for a new strategy in economic development. Whatever that is, um, I would say that you listen to that and then look at how you can become the very best at that. So you become the source of that for your community, but then you look at how do I deliver that? If it's economic development, what am I going to do? What am I going to create? How am I going to sell it? And how am I going to let people know that we're the ones who do it? We hear all the time chambers say this. And Brandon, I don't know if you've had speakers on here that say, we don't toot our own horn enough. Well, the reason you don't toot your horn enough is because you really probably aren't doing anything that's really of subsequent you know, need. Every week we are on the news, every week. And we have four stations. And usually it's at least two of those stations. And that's one of our goals. But if you look at 90% of those news feeds, it's because of what we're doing in the lives of people because they're interest stories. Right. So, you know, focusing on making a key difference and what is it going to do and looking at things totally different. Like I said, you've still got to do the bread and butter plays. But if you want to grow your organization, I can say this from, you know, what we've seen where we went from, you know, seven staff members to 24 and it was all focused on those deliverables. So every new position that we have hired at the chamber has been to give outcomes and deliverables, not to do programmatic work. And so really look at how do you change in that direction? Yeah, I love how you said that to not only listen more, I mean, we hear that sort of tip a lot, but the, the caveat there of listening with an open and honest mind. Because it's so easy as you hear the needs of, of your members or 
the struggles that they have to become a little defensive, maybe that we mm-hmm. do that for you. And you try to explain and rather than just listening and realizing maybe we're not doing it well enough, maybe they don't know about these things because we're not executing in the way that we need to. And, and I have to confess, I was that guy. I mean, yeah. that's why I said a lot of times there's people that are probably hearing us discuss this today that are actually getting frustrated at hearing me say that because (laughs) they are so set in this is how we've always done chamber work and this is what we've been told. And it's not that you're wrong. It's just you can be good to great all day long. And I would encourage you, if that's what you want to be, be that. But what we're talking about today is going from good to the best. Yeah. And that's a way of thinking about it. Yeah, Uh, that's great. So as we look to the future of Chambers, I mean, we've been, I feel like we've been talking about this all, all interview here, but how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? Well, that's a loaded question um, for me, um, particularly when what we were talking about is I see Chambers that are going to be successful. Um, you know, I think there's a place for, for every Chamber, but I think you're going to see more Chambers becoming more like merchants associations or actually becoming more like a deliverable organization where their staffs are more like consultants that are actually doing incredible things and working with industry to raise the bar um, in those sectors. And I think you'll see a lot of chambers becoming more sector driven where they're, you know, what they're doing for manufacturing might look different than what they're doing for technology. What look different than what they're doing for healthcare, and they'll probably have specialists that that focus on those key areas. Um, the other thing is, is once again, I think you'll see more of a contractual um, organization that's doing real contractual type work. Um, for example, like we're doing in workforce development, where um, you know, millions of dollars of our organization is actually to deliver services for the state of Alabama or for a particular uh, entity or a county or a city. You'll see more of that. Um, and I think you'll see chambers be more innovative when it comes to those traditional chamber programs and, and how they deliver it in different ways. Um, but I think you are going to see the larger chambers actually turn into more of more of that focused, um, this is our sweet spot and that's what we're going to do. Because once you try to become all things to all people, a mile wide and an inch deep, it's very difficult for for you to actually have a core focus of your organization. Absolutely. So as we wrap wrap it up here, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who want to reach out and learn more how you guys are doing there at the at the West Alabama Chamber, what's the the best way for someone to reach out and connect? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to reach out to us, um, our number here is 205-758-7588. Two websites that I'll give you is uh, westalabamachamber.com and westalabamaworks.com. We have hosted, uh, I think, 20 or so in the last 18 months, um, communities that have come in and flown in and done benchmarking trips, particularly on our workforce side. Um, so we're always open to that because we always learn as much from other chambers as they learn from us. So it's a great time to exchange. Um, so if, uh, you know, if chambers are interested in that, we have a staff member that actually focuses on working all the details out and helping chambers 
um, create their benchmarking trips on workforce development and, and flying in and actually doing that. So um, appreciate all the time, Brandon. Thank you for having us here too. But yes, love to talk to anybody that might have questions. Yeah, no, it's been fantastic having you on the show today. And I think the perspective you bring and the insights, the the work you guys are doing is really going from good to best. And, and that best looks different in every community. So I hope everyone listening is taking notes on those uh, those action items they can do to, to really survey and listen and have that honest heart and mind as they listen to their members to see how you can become the best. So thank you, Donnie, for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoyed it. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today.